Parades, cookouts, fireworks, and celebration across the United States, it's the 4th of July. Though times have been tough due to rising costs all around, there is some good news. Your cookout may be cheaper than last year. The American Farm Bureau reporting that the prices of some 4th of July foods have dropped compared to last year. As family and friends gather in record numbers, this news is gladly welcomed. But it doesn't necessarily reflect all prices, since the price of beef and potatoes have actually gone up. Inflation all across the board is still overwhelming. When we see how pricey life is, it can be easy to worry. And yet our Lord tells us to not be anxious but to trust in our Heavenly Father. Welcome to Haven Today, and Happy Independence Day to everyone living in the United States. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're continuing in a series called In the Footsteps of Paul. It's a mystery, but one we all accept. This man Saul, who became Paul, not much mystery there, but then he disappeared for a few years. And when he returned... He shared the gospel everywhere. We're going to talk about those post-conversion years that are a little unknown and see how the Lord used those to give him the fuel he needed to share the gospel to the world of his day. And even as we're looking at the life of the Apostle Paul, we've been hearing excerpts from a documentary that explores his footsteps with British actor David Suchet. I'm David Suchet, and I'm on a journey around the Mediterranean following in the footsteps of a man who 2,000 years ago traveled more than 10,000 miles around the Roman world on foot and many, many more by sea. Paul is said to have returned to Jerusalem to try and convince the leadership of the Jesus movement that whatever his crimes against them in the past, he was now on their side. That God had chosen him to be an apostle on a par with the disciples who had actually known Jesus. It must have been a difficult sell. Perhaps unsurprisingly, the leadership suggested that their former persecutor would be of most use to them away from Jerusalem, back in his home city of Tarsus in modern-day Turkey. A little slice from the documentary called In the Footsteps of Paul... David Suchet will be back with us later to read a couple of key chapters from the Bible. And then after the program, I'd like to send you this two-part documentary that originally aired on the BBC. Haven Today is the only place where you can get this exclusive DVD. As I watched the program, it felt like I was watching one of my favorite travel shows. But David Suchet will take you to places Paul traveled to that you've never seen before. From Jerusalem to Syria to Turkey, to Europe. I know this documentary will bless you as you watch. And then after this program, I'd like to invite you to call us and make a generous gift for this two-part DVD called In the Footsteps of Paul. The number, 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or come to our website, haventoday.org haventoday.org. Now let's open the program with Stephen Curtis Chapman. One voice in the dark 
song that lights up the stars. One breath that gives life. One sovereign in power who speaks with thunder and fire. One Lord, one King. There is no other that can compare to you. You are.
One True God opening this Haven Today by Stephen Curtis Chapman from his Worship and Believe album, here on a Haven Today in the Footsteps of Paul. Not many years ago, I was doing programs from Iraq. ISIS was the pandemic of that day, sweeping through parts of the Middle East and hoping the entire globe. I stopped in a little town about 15 miles from Mosul, the ancient Nineveh. It was an ancient Christian town as Isis was breathing hard outside, trying to reach and kill off the Christians who remain in El Kosh. Nahum, the Old Testament prophet, was from this place. The town of a few thousand is built on a mountainside. Higher up the mountainside, the remains of a monastery from the first centuries of the church. And on above that, even higher, a series of caves where early Christians lived, perhaps as early as the second century. It's where new Christians would come for a season to pray, to meditate, to study parts of God's word that they had, and then go back into their world as evangelists. I met up with what might be called a night watchman, although he also guarded the site by day. He made me a cup of tea and shared the history. In the roof of the cave, you could still see what was left of a second century fire, left by those early believers. I couldn't help but think of Saul, who became Paul, the apostle who met Jesus on the road to Damascus. We shared his conversion yesterday. Like Isis, he was on his way to stamp out Christianity, to kill off Christians. In a way, it was a pandemic led by Jews. But Jesus had other plans for Saul, who became Paul. The blindness was removed, both physically those scales falling from his eyes, and then spiritually, when Jesus appeared to him. He soon learned the Lord had new plans for his life. From his new Savior, he learned that Christians had something more real, more recent, more ethical, and far more liberating than to offer the sacrifice of Isaac. As Dr. James Parks put it, Judaism proclaimed, indeed, that God forgave sin, But Christianity proclaimed that God redeemed sinners, like Paul. This new apostle would be sent not to his fellow Jews, but to the Gentiles, meaning all others. He would be led by the Spirit for the rest of his life to write numerous letters explaining the Christian faith to young Christians, to new churches, to us today, in light of the Old Testament, which he knew so well. But I also had the advantage of being a Roman citizen, having grown up as a citizen in the Roman city of Tarsus with a rich understanding of the Greco-Roman paganism of his day. Let's listen to the story in Acts chapter 9. After his eyesight was restored, when Ananias prayed over him in Syria, here's what happened next, as read to us by British actor David Suchet. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who caused havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving 
that Jesus is the Messiah. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. But Saul learned of their plan. Day and night, they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the believers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. Filled with new life, the new birth. More of the story of Paul read by David Suchet from the NIV UK edition. A special thanks to BibleGateway.com. Now, what you just heard from Acts 9 is the short story of a longer story. Later, as he was writing his letter to the Galatians, we catch a glimpse at what happened to him. He fills us in on the in-between years to the Galatians. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing to you is no lie. Then I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report, the man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praised God because of me. As you just heard, David Suchet reading. You can see why I was thinking of Paul as I sat in that desert cave on a mountainside in modern-day Iraq, occupied by some of the earliest Christians. Paul had a season before his life's ministry really began, when he pondered his new faith in light of what he had already learned as a Jew. There is still so much unknown for those three years. 
No doubt he shared his newfound faith, at least by sharing his story of Christ Jesus appearing to him. But we don't know where in Arabia he stayed besides Damascus. Some think he may have traveled along the ancient road that still exists in Jordan today, the King's Highway. The Nabataeans controlled that road from Damascus south all the way to Egypt, running parallel and east of the Dead Sea. He may have spent time in the city of Petra, today a world historical site, and featured in the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark. So much I look forward to asking him when we finally meet in a day to come. But here's what I do know from Acts and Galatians. This new disciple, this new apostle, couldn't keep from sharing his experience and his faith from that time on. He did go back to Jerusalem, but his calling was to the world. Others, like Peter and James, would stay behind and look after the young church in Jerusalem after Pentecost. Paul's calling, though, was to the world. And in that day, the world meant the empire of Rome. We're following in the next days in the footsteps of Paul. His central message was uncomfortable to both Jews and Gentiles. Conversion. The truth first put forth by Jesus in the gospel, you must be born again. Jesus promised that as he had to leave, so the Holy Spirit would get to come. Not as a one-off, but to all who would meet Jesus and be born again. It was the power of the Spirit that led both Jew and Gentile alike to this new faith. It was for all, pagan and God-fearer. Those who were changed by the gospel came from all walks of life, the rich and the poor, the masters as well as the slaves, a member of Herod's court, diplomats in the very palace of the emperor in Rome. Historians think even Paul gave up personal wealth for the impoverished yet rich life of following Christ, the sick and the well. This Christian faith turned not just individuals, but an entire world upside down. And still today, meeting Jesus leads us, all of us, to transformed lives. Not of our own doing, but by the beginning and continuing work of the Spirit in us. This transformation is leading people even today out of all kinds of idolatry, On that same trip that I mentioned to Iraq, I met former Muslims and minority Yazidis who had a glow on their face. And when you began to speak with them, they seemed to all describe themselves as a lover of Jesus. I liked that. Still do. ISIS may have been a pandemic, but Christ was the cure. And now today, this kingdom of Christ is still at work. I'm astounded of the stories we've shared of so many people spiritually sick making their way to the cross and discovering that their ultimate cure is found only in Christ Jesus. And people who proclaim already faith in Christ, discovering again how much they were in need of more faith, deeper faith, renewed faith in their Lord and Savior. All of us must be born again. We can't save ourselves. And all of us have a great need to keep trusting and keep relying on the faith supplied by our Lord. Every day, for the rest of your earthly life, would you join me in praying as our Savior taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come. Would you join me for prayer right now? Lord, I thank you. We can look back to the life of Paul, that we can see ourselves taking steps 
following Jesus every day, just like Paul before us, Saul who became Paul. Lord, we don't have answers for everything. We have answers for little. But this thing we do have answers for, and that is we must be born again. And every day we get to follow Jesus Christ. We get to pray and be filled anew with the faith that only he, through his Holy Spirit, can offer to us even now. Lord, sin is something we still have to combat. And yet, we have the answer. We know the ultimate cure. We pray this now, lifting our voices to heaven. We do it together in the name of Jesus. Amen. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Jaden Lavick, we haven't heard that in a while. I have decided to follow Jesus here on Haven Today and a program called In the Footsteps of Paul. I've been enjoying our time looking at the life of this apostle to the Gentiles. 
It encourages me to hear you are as well. We've heard from many all over North America who either already have it or are looking forward to traveling with David Suchet as he walks in those footsteps on the exclusive DVD we have for your support of this ministry. Lou in New York, Judy in Arkansas, Jackie in Pennsylvania, just three of so many who've reached out to us and asked for their own copy of this two-part documentary. What about you? Would you like to join me and follow in the footsteps of Paul? As you watch, you'll feel like you're traveling to new places where Paul visited and planted those early churches. But even better, your faith, I believe, will grow as you better appreciate what the Spirit of the living God did through Paul and is still doing today. I'd like to send you this production that originally aired on the BBC. You can't find it on Amazon or Netflix but you can get it from us today. Our number to call right now is 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or visit our website, watch the trailer we've put up, and then make your gift, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Happy 4th of July to everyone here in the United States. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. We know in our hearts that the Lord can save anyone at any time, but sometimes we think it has to be a long process. I think that's one thing the Gospel of Mark helps us to unlearn. Mark's favorite word is immediately. He uses it more than anyone else in all the Bible. Like in Mark 10, 12, Jesus healing a blind man who has come before him. He saw his faith and then looked at him and said, Go your way. Your faith has made you whole. What happened next? Immediately the blind man received his sight. Sometimes faith is a process. But don't forget, the Lord can save immediately. Christ's love knows no bounds, not even over time. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.